welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about the complexity of secretly kidnapping your secret child. I'm Justin. And I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we're going to dig back into Legacy of the Force Book 7 Fury with chapters 5 through 8. But first, bum bum bum, previously on Forever Canon. A wild dilemma appears. Kaidus knows all. Han and Leia fire break for Wookiees. And the Jedi plan an underground revolution. But that was last week. In the super long episode that we had last the week. All half hour of it. <laughs> In this episode, like I told you at the beginning of the last one, is going to be just as short, if not shorter. It might be. This week than it was last week. So let's get to it. Let's race. <laughs> no, not really. No, not really. But chapter five starts. Still going to set a record. <laughs> chapter five starts in a GA shuttle in Hapes on landing in the Royal Hangar, the mm-hmm. Royal, Queen Mother's Royal Hangar. And wouldn't you know, it's not a Hapen. It's Darth Kydus in disguise. He's got fake cheeks, a fake beard. And a fake eye patch. Wow. So much disguise. It's weird that that they would... It says that anyone that has served in the armed forces would recognize him. Yeah, but not by name. You would just know him as the, the man who's been in his position longer than anybody who... He's dressed all disheveled and he wouldn't possibly take orders from anyone. and th- So nobody would bother him. It's yeah. It's kind of the thing, right? Like, you look like a, a stereotype... Of a military officer, or or military personnel, I should say. So being that stereotype is as much the disguise as anything else, yeah. right? Even though it's just some fake cheeks and a fake beard and an eye patch. What was his last disguise? It wasn't good either. It was the same thing, wasn't it? A yeah. fake beard and yeah. like colored his hair. Maybe colored his hair. I don't know. I know that's how Ben disguises himself all the time. He gets rid of his red hair and dyes it black. Right. Like you have an entire galaxy of aliens. To look like stay human i don't know you could just be red you could just be blue yeah. you, could, you know like an, one extra thing to make your disguise but i guess that's harder or does it draw too much attention to yourself on heaps where everybody's human yeah it might uh, so much disguise though <laughs> what is kytus doing here at heaps well it's a question you might be asking yourself and i'll tell you he's sneaking into the palace Presumably, we find out quite soon, to kidnap his daughter. He opens up to the force and he finds her in her room or in a room, 3D printing herself a toy. Yep. Welcome to the future. (laughs) 2008. Dreaming about 3D printers. Well, guess what? Just a decade later and here they are pretty common. Yeah. Pretty, pretty accessible. Pretty, pretty accessible. I know a couple people. As for new technology, yeah. Mm. You know, it usually takes like a decade or so before everybody's got a color TV or two decades before everybody's got a home computer, you know? Yeah. But 3D printers will be a thing in everybody's house and in, I don't know, probably in the near future. Probably as, pretty soon. You know, you simplify the process, you make better process, uh, not processors, you make a better printer. <laughs> you make the materials become cheaper it's the yeah. whole thing 
But back here in 2008, she's a princess. Yes. So she's got a 3D printer. She's got a 3D printer. And what a happy life. She gets to 3D print her own toys. It's like being taken to the store and asked what you want for Christmas. Pick it out yourself. That sounds kind of lame. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's also super cool at the same time. Make your own toy. Yeah, right. What would you make? She's making a Bantha. Well. A hard resin Bantha. In Star Wars or in, like, my real life? Well, both. Real life, I'd be making minis for D&D and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Custom. Yeah, absolutely. And what about in Star Wars life? In Star Wars life? um, Probably, like... Like a Wampa or something. I think it would be miniature or replica lightsaber handles and <laughs> and hard resin blades. And it would be miniature spaceships. Because we'd uh, probably yes. be playing some kind of spaceship <laughs> role-playing game. <laughs> That's just what I imagine. It's kind of what we do now, too. Yeah, well, it's pretty much. Yeah, we're all, we're all sorts of different games going on. Isn't it, though? Back to the point. See, we're just trying to fill time here. On Hapes. Not even on purpose. It's time for Jason to put his plan into motion. He's on a shuttle with a bunch of GA dignitaries. I yeah. think they're going to uh, negotiate with Tunnel Ka about coming back to the Alliance and blah, blah, blah. He stun bolts the pilot, and then he goes to the cargo hold of the shuttle, and he opens up a crate containing... A small red-headed girl featuring snacks and a tablet that she's been playing games on. <laughs> on the trip to Hapes. Just stick her in a box because it's a secret. A small red-headed girl who is going to be made to look exactly like his daughter. He smuggled a kid here so he can pull off his plan titled Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Hapes. He's going to get in there, pull a quick switch before anybody, you know, can smush him with a boulder, yeah. so to speak. Metaphorically. 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 Speaking, guys, use your imagination. But that, I mean, that's what it is, right? The old bait and switch. Yeah. But he has brought a child here across the galaxy. Brr. Cold-blooded. Yep. Cold-hearted kidnapper. This is far from the worst shit that he's done lately, so like... It's not shocking, but it is gross. Yes. You know, it's not really surprising, but so Jason starts his plan and we cut to Tunnel Ka in her private quarters or whatever, struggling to decide how long these new envoys from the GA should have to wait for her. If you remember a long time back to when Han and Leia came to visit, they were waiting for a long time before they allegedly tried to kill her. But they were waiting for hours and hours and hours and hours in the waiting room. She's debating, how long should I make these fuckers wait for? Like, politically, how long can I make them wait versus how many hours everybody... There's a number of people dying every hour that I make them wait. That kind of thing. Royal decisions. The Sophie's Choice type of stuff. The tough stuff that we don't have to deal with. Her dad has an idea. Hmm. Prince Isolder. I don't know. That's how I say it. Yeah. It's one of those ones where it's like, it's got... You can do whatever you want with the vowels in there. So until you say it out loud. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I call him Isolder. Yeah. It sounds Isolder? It sounds exotic. And it sounds like, because they're like kind of strange, exotic culture. 
Kind of, yeah. Anyway, anyways, her dad says, send him home. Don't make him wait. Yeah. That just means you're going to negotiate with them. You already gave them your turns. Jason Solo must resign. Not, yeah. not die. She's not there yet, like yeah. everybody else. He's got to give up. He's got to give up his commission and his governance of the GA. So he says, send him home. Don't let him wait for any amount of time. And as they're having this conversation, casually the security level of the palace just ticks up a notch, like from yellow to orange or whatever. Yeah, whatever. And Tenelkaw thinks to herself, well, I knew the shuttle was coming earlier, so that made, it made sense of that security change, but what's this one about? She calls in, and it's just a random a number of set occurrences have, have happened that would trigger a, a flag raised. And so now the security has gone up another level. Yeah, being, you know, force flashing the camera. Being super instinct Jedi, she gets suspicious of this series of coincidences that just happened to be raising the security level just after a GA shuttle has landed in her fucking palace. Spidey sense on. Something feels off. So she reaches out to find Alana. Mm-hmm. Make sure your daughter's safe. She's sleeping. Then she checks the camera just to double make sure she's okay. And there she is making toys at the 3D printer. But wait a second. Yeah. When I just felt her, she was sleeping. Oh, Jedi she goes. fucking run down the yeah. hallway. Like uh, the only visual that you ever get of that is like, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon at the beginning Down the hallway. of the Menace. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it looks so bad, but I don't know. How would your eyes really process that in reality? Yeah. It's just a blur. And how are they supposed to do it in the movies? But in the movie, it looked like, it didn't look like they were moving particularly fast. They were just really blurry. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like their legs weren't like, I don't know. You don't need a Sonic the Hedgehog legs or anything like that, but like. It just looked like two grown men jogging <laughs> that were blurry. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, things are weird. There's a coincidence. Yeah. There's something wrong with the information she's getting visually compared to the information she's getting through the force about her daughter. So she sprints off with her lightsaber in hand. And I guess so far, Jason's plan seems to be halfway successful. Yeah. Because if there's one kid in one spot and another kid in another spot that she can, one she can feel and one she can see, obviously he's yeah avoided the boulder. I, I yeah I don't think his uh, his whole thing was she wasn't supposed to like catch him at all. Well yeah, I, 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 ideally. It, well, and that's the thing, right? So it came down to the computer, the random bunch of coincidences that would get flagged in the security system. Yeah, that. I don't know. I guess it's not random, but that um, it, unbiased computer is what tipped her off. Yeah. And like, you know, none of the other people could. And because of the kind of society that she lives in where everyone's trying to backstab everything, mm-hmm. she's automatically suspicious of every single race And that's probably security. why they have that in the first place, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I need to be able to know all throughout the palace whenever anything happens. It's beep, boop, boop. Yeah. We hey. are on security level orange. Yeah. Hey, that tone changed. We went from three hey, to three what and a half. the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so she takes off. Yeah. Flying. Chapter six picks up with Tenelkoff following the trail of slit throats and snap necks. Must be a solo twin thing. Yes. And it leads Tenelkoff. It's quick and efficient. And plenty of her security to the hangar where Jason parked his shuttle originally. 
They get there just in time for Tamilkaw to realize the shuttle is a diversion, and she spots Jason and Alana mm-hmm. in a Stealth X. Alama well, Stealth X. Or, oh, um, um, Tahiri's. Yes, Tahiri Stealth X. Sorry. That's okay. That she left there in the last book yep. when Jason's mom was going to kill her ass. And Jason's dad stopped her. So there's a ship there. Good use of that. <laughs> I think really good use I think of that. That's nice. That's a nice like callback or like a pickup of a little thread there. Yeah. I don't know if you planned ahead to leave that thing there on purpose or whatever, but you know, I'm sure you did. Because yeah. him coming to steal his daughter has been foreshadowed for a lot longer than Tahiri visiting at the end of the last book or yeah. middle of the last book. So like that's nice. That's some nice writing right there. You yeah, leave, I like you it. You leave him a ship over there and he can go pick it up later and use it for his getaway. Yeah. As Tenelka watches him smile and press a button. That is, of course, the detonator that blows up the shuttle and the hangar and everybody inside into a big heaping mess of rubble. Yep. And he gets away. He certainly does. Yes. Through the hole blown in the side by the shuttle. Because they are in like a Mount Rushmore face, this hangar. Yeah. It's, you know, vanity and such of Havens, but... (laughs) Blows a hole like it's going to look like a, I don't know, like a little little freckle. Yep. A little freckle on the upper lip and they're out of there because they said they went in through the mouth. Yeah. And it was incongruous to being a beautiful picture. Anyhow, everybody's been blown to smithereens and ears ringing. Hours later, Tenelka wakes up to find a video ransom message from Jason Solo. By doing what you did to me, you changed me into someone capable of doing exactly what I have promised. This threat is not a bluff, and if it takes place, it will be your doing. Something to keep in mind the next time you play that hapen cultural game of backstabbing and bloodletting. What threat, you may ask? Well, Jason says, give me your fleet or I'll kill your kid. Yep. Not to mention that it's his own kid. You can't mention that. No. Prince Isolder probably doesn't even know that. Oh, no. Nobody knows. Her and him. Alana doesn't know that. No. Give me your fleet or I'll kill your kid. And she and her father believe this message Mm -hmm. because he looks mad. Yeah. He looks angry. He looks psychotic. psychotic. Yeah. He looks crazy enough to do it. And after what she just did to him by betraying him and essentially... Had he not had this special Sith power to fuck some brains up and escape out of that, the end of uh, that battle at Kashyyyk there, she would have been the linchpin in him either getting killed or captured. Mm -hmm. Her betrayal right there, had he not had this secret ancient Sith power. Yeah. So it's not just like a regular betrayal. It's his lover, it's the mother of his daughter. And so looking at this video, they... Fully believe that he's capable of doing this. But I'm pretty sure, as the reader, that he won't. Yeah. Right? Or it would at least take him a long time to work up to it. Or at least this is what he's been saying the whole time. She's the only thing left. That's why he even went and got her in the first place. Yeah. He's using the situation as leverage politically, but that wasn't the main goal. No. The main goal is to get his daughter for himself. And, you know, win the war. If you can win the war at the same time, go ahead and do it. Yeah. By apparently the Hapen fleet is the big tipping 
Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. All right. How? Okay. I guess because more and more planet like planets haven't stopped joining the Confederation all throughout these books, right? Yeah. We're not necessarily going to stop and talk about it, I guess, all the fucking time. But it was mentioned in chapter two in, in Jason's chapter where the aide was giving him a new breakdown of what's been happening, right? Like yeah. essentially recap the last book. Well, the aide was also mentoring, mentioning a few other planets had, had defected. Yeah, had seceded or whatever. Confederation. So I guess maybe that's how all of a sudden there's this massive imbalance where like, oh my God, if we don't get the Haven fleet, Coruscant's mm-hmm. lost the fuck happened to all your other ships man yeah because you're not spreading them out to get across the galaxy to put out all those little miniature fights because you said you weren't doing that so we know you're not doing that (laughs) i don't know is it just a case of everybody's taking losses but they're not gaining new members it could be in fact losing members so either way we've come to this point where politically this is a this is a disgustingly effective maneuver Give me your fleet so I can win the war or I'll kill your daughter. And even more effective in the way that like she can't really tell anybody anything about this. Yeah. You know, even at a, on a basic level about, oh, my daughter got kidnapped because then she'll get murdered and overthrown. She can't tell anybody that it's his daughter and he probably won't do it. Yeah. Because she'll get murdered. You have to act from from the, from the <laughs> point of view where he's going to do it, and I'm, I have to take care of it, right? Like that's yeah. the only option. Otherwise, but she she can't show the weakness of giving in to him either. Exactly. This is a fucking she's a, this is a checkmate political move, as kidnapping someone's child obviously would be. Yes. Right. But it's brilliant because it's not even what he wants. No. He wants Alana more than anything like yeah he, if he could find another way to win the war through, yeah it, it was an afterthought through ancient bad guy magic or yeah whatever, he, right? he told niathal i'll get him back don't worry that what? was i think that was when he came up with hey maybe well, i can yeah, use his leverage because remember we were like uh, or i said how is he what's he gonna do to get the hapens back in the ga is he gonna go kill tenel ka whatever whatever well, we knew pretty much from reading the back of the book, he was going to get his daughter at some yeah. point. It was written right on there. Yes, it was. But here we are, and if one thing has been consistent, it's Jason Solo becoming more and more of a monster as we go through these chapters, man. He kidnapped his own daughter and threatened her life against her mother's fleet. And to win the war and to do so to keep his daughter safe though, to yeah. win the war, right? Like to save the galaxy. Yeah. You know, you got to keep uh, his like, ideals the, in mind. Like, the, like they all did like Han and Luke and all them did for Jason and Jaina. And now they've been in wars this whole time. And tell me they didn't kill people's kids. Yeah. Not like, not like on no. purpose. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Not on purpose. Not, not, like not in any of the stories darkness. have I read, have any of them kidnapped a child and held them for ransom. Yeah. But, and the, you still have the blood on your hands, right? I mean, yeah. One of the darkest things there's a differentiation in doing on purpose. That obviously, Tenel Ka thinks that he did was he promised that other redheaded girl that someone will love you to and take care life. of you. Right. And I wanted to comment you. on that. and I forgot it. She was an orphan from Coruscant. Yeah. That he stole, promised where I'm taking you, someone will adopt you and love you. And it's and full you'll of beautiful people life. that'll love you. But you know what, man? He's probably not wrong. Well, no, because, not now. So, so right. So think about it. Your plan works. This little girl is left there. 
what other choice do you have as a government or like adults or like caring people? Yeah. What are you going to do? Execute the kid? Throw yeah. her in jail? What are you going to do? Deport her? Put her in an orphanage? Send her back to Coruscant to be a homeless orphan? You yeah. know what I mean? Like <laughs> you're sending her to the good guys. And so like the only result is actually positive for her. Yes. So maybe he'd save this kid's life. He could if she's have, yeah. living in the Coruscant underworld, an orphan on the streets, even in the overworld. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good life, right? Um, yeah. Not so a good yeah, life, like that but... was gross, but at the same time, he did a really bad thing. That's going to have a positive outcome in the future. Yeah. Stick with that. You would hope so. Sit on that. Chapter seven starts on Kashyyyk inside the Millennium Falcon. Han finally receives the gift that Boba Fett sent him back in <laughs> Sacrifice, maybe? That was uh, Karen's last book. Yeah. Boba Fett isn't in other people's books, so... Yeah. We've been waiting for this package to arrive. It's the Beskar armor and crush gaunts with the uh, deepest sympathies note. And the armor is painted like skin? They oh, describe the I missed that part. The breastplate looks like a human chest and the back looks like a back. And the gauntlets look <laughs> yes. like forearms and hands. Yes, there it is. I what kind that of creepy ass fucking buffalo boba fett is this? I don't know, but <laughs> I kind of it sounds awful, but I kind of like it. I know it's really cool and it's maybe like it's so light. Okay, he picks up the breastplate and he says it looks like steel and feels like aluminum when he lifted it up yeah maybe you can just wear it under clothes yeah and it'll just or like make you look a little buff or something yeah and like it's skin yeah yeah <laughs> i'm fine i don't know what the hell the purpose of it was but it's fucking creepy and he deciphers the message real quick too well i mean it's got to be pretty obvious well it's this is with deepest sympathies yeah but i mean yeah I guess it is kind of vague, but the whole time, think about if you're Han and Leia, a Han especially, you have this history with Boba Fett over yeah. years and years and years of encounters. You just killed your cousin together not that long ago, and you know your son killed his daughter, and you must be thinking about that occasionally, wondering when the other shoe's going to drop on that one, you know? And so you get this this mandalorian armor mm -hmm. and uh it becomes pretty clear he's the only person who knows what this shit is he recognizes it as beskar yeah because he's so familiar with boba fett and knows it's super valuable and, and, and mandalorians and yeah. stuff like that but nobody else even knows what it is probably because it looks like a fucking painted man <laughs> yes but... it does looks like a mannequin i don't know no nonetheless finally got the package because apparently intergalactic deliveries to on the run 60 to 70 year old rebels takes a long time. Yeah, they got to find track them down. Yeah. How do you get what? You don't got a you don't got a mailbox anymore. And send it to your house on Coruscant. Obviously, you'd have to find the Falcon, right? And that's what they did. That's what they did. Took him took Who them dropped dead. it off, I wonder. Probably Bavine. No, who was the other dude? Who was the dude that was like out in a boat in the world doing shit for him? Cuz Bavine was the uh, farmer guy who was making the ships. Uh, he was like working the Beskar. Yeah, Bavin was like his friend. Yeah, but there was another guy. He had, he had been sending out to, to do some things for him, so maybe he dropped it. Yeah, he, maybe. Totally worthless now that I didn't think of his name. But hey, <laughs> maybe a Mandalorian <laughs> dropped it off. 
nonetheless, Han doesn't want any of this. He doesn't want the armor. He doesn't want the gauntlets. He doesn't want to kill his son. He just wants to, sounds like, disown him and move on. You know what I mean? Like, he's done with it. It's a lost cause. And for Han Solo, being like the regular schmuck in a family of fucking superheroes, Mm -hmm. it is kind of over for you. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know? So I guess that's maybe where his psychology is coming from. He doesn't want any part of this. He doesn't want to think about Jason. He doesn't want to deal with it. But Jag wants it. Yep. You know, not for killing Jason. For a Lamarar. Because the Beskar can stop a lightsaber, right? Yep. That's what Han tells them the, the old tales are. The story of the Beskar. And so Jag, in return for the gear, gives Han and Leia a little bit of insight into what the hell he thinks is wrong with Jaina right now. Well, it's the whole Sword of the Jedi thing. She thinks she's figured out what is to what it is to be the Sword of the Jedi. Going after a Lemurar is just practice for her. She thinks she's going to have to face her brother, and that one of them's not going to come out of it alive. She thinks she's going to have to f- have the showdown with Jason. Yeah. When... Over the course of six books so far, all of the spotlight of being an adversary to Jason has been on Luke and Ben. Yes. And now at the beginning of book seven, Jaina thinks she's going to have to be the one who kills her brother because Luke Skywalker was touched by an angel for a moment when they were inducted as Jedi, Jedi Knights and split out, splurted out, spluttered out, sputtered out. <laughs> potatoed out a prophecy (laughs) and called her the sword of the Jedi. So after six books of Jason hating Luke's fucking face across the spice loaf table and torturing and betraying Ben and murdering his mother, Jaina thinks she's going to be the one who has to do the deed because she's the sword of the Jedi. So that's what's wrong with her, I guess. Yeah, she thinks anything, any kind of distraction will end up killing her. A smile now will cost her her life later. Yeah. Is essentially what Jag tells them. And I don't know. She's barely been in the books. Not likely. Yeah. Seems unlikely to me. Even Leia's had snippets of where she is more likely to be the adversary. He had a dream about it once. Uh, yeah, being she shoved out kicked the, him out of the fucking the window. space window. Uh, yeah, with the, uh, whatever, the, the port. Viewport. The viewport. Whatever the port. Yeah. Out of the... Whatever the port. In a storm. Chapter 8. Anyone. Coruscant in the GAG building. Alana wakes up in a strange room. But it's okay. Because mommy's friend Jason is there. And he tells her that bad guys came to the palace. So she was sent with Jason to be safe. A plan that Alana has heard before. Her mom told her about a plan like this that might happen. Yep. Some person might have to come and take you to a safe place if home becomes unsafe. But that person is supposed to know the special words. And Jason hasn't said them yet. Yeah. So he tells her, you're safe here. I've got to go. And the kid lays back down and puts her head down and thinks, Jason hasn't said the words yet. And what am I going to have to do if he doesn't? Yeah, if he never says them. A five-year-old. Yeah. I, that's brilliant. I love it. Is she four, five? I think she's, she's like four or five. Four, four or five. I don't know. She's good good enough to use the 3D printer on her own. 
That shit probably just reads her mind. This is a future motherfucker. Yeah, it's, it's point and click, I think, yeah, mostly. Yeah, you, you might have to put coordinates and stuff in by hand now, but not in space. No. She lays down and thinks, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But right now, I feel safe. So, like, yeah. you know what I mean? That's nice. That she's not, like... Freaking out. Scared. Yeah. And stuff. You know, I don't like that. She's she's prepared just in case. She's been prepared by her mom, and no. good thing. Yeah. Otherwise... She'd be in the hands of the most dangerous person happen. ever. Who knows what might happen if Jason didn't say special words that she was expecting? You know? Who knows what might yeah. happen? We shall see. Cut to Coruscant under the government district. Oh, yeah. When we cut to this part, I was like, I forgot all about this. From, yeah. From the end of chapter four. <laughs> yeah, so did I. But it's our, it's our underground Jedi strike team. Yeah, the Engage. Jedi assault team. Five Jedi. Valen Horn, Than Mithric, Kolir Hulia, and Master Katarn being led through the Undercity by Siha Dorvald. Now, I think Than Mithric and Kolir Hulia were with Jaina and Zek when they had that big speeder fight against the SD droids. Way back when they were trying to kill... When they were trying to get at the uh, Prime Minister at... Uh, yeah, not Denjax Thra- Tepler, the second guy. Yes, yeah, The Thraken. shit guy. Oh, it was Thraken? It was Thraken. Right, not the third guy, the second guy. Yeah. Yeah, so I think th- those two are from way back then, because he's a Falling. It was a Falling dude back there. It was a Bothan back there, too. And didn't Could be. we rescue Valen Horn from a prison earlier in these novels? Or No. Him and his sister? No. Is that from a different book? I like think that's from way different. different thing. That's All from right. way different. Nonetheless, it's Cornhorn's son. Yes, it is. Seaha Dorvald from the fucking Betraying of Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> and where you went, Jason? Yeah. And then Master Katarn. Ben's imaginary girlfriend. Yeah. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you know it? Mm. So, how's the plan going? Well, we're hands and knees crawling through an old sewer pipe. Gross. And, and we end the chapter getting set up underground for the mission. They're like out underneath the plaza outside of the GAG building. Yeah, right? like a yeah, like a Where block like, away or something. There's like three entry points or four entry points or something, and so they're setting up yeah. to set up uh, whatever they're doing. But this has a very dangerous vibe to me. This let me let me read those list of Jedi to you again and tell me how much you fucking care about them. Valen Horn. Than Mithric, Kolir Hulia, Siha Dorvald, Kyle Katarn, him. Kyle or Kip? It's Kyle Katarn. It's Is Kip it? Durin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, I thought it was Master Katarn that's with them. I'm pretty sure because I wrote them down while I was looking at the page. Does this... Does this not give you a Star Trek red shirt alert? Like, is this oh, not absolutely. fucking danger zone for you? Because this is bad news. They're about to beam up above ground and get smoked. Yeah, the only... N- nobody cares about any of these characters. Maybe Corrin's son and yeah, maybe and, and Kyle Katarn. Kyle Katarn. Because he's I been like around him. in a lot of stories. Yeah. And I yeah, I like him, right? Yeah. But the other three are fucking cannon fodder, if I've ever heard of them. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd... It's going to be bad, man. It's going to be a massacre. And and we may have read about them earlier in the series. I don't remember, se- yeah. Earlier in the series, like maybe. Yeah. But if we did... 
I don't remember their names. I read about the plan in chapter four and I forgot about it by chapter eight. So 10 years later, good luck remembering what happened in it. <laughs> but it seems really bad. It does seem really bad. So to end the episode, I'll ask you questions like I always do. Yes. Who will die first? Ooh. Will it be Than Mithric? Will it be Kohler Hulia? Will it be Valenhorn? Will it be Seha Dorvald? It will, probably won't be Calcaturn. Yeah. Find out next week when we cover chapters 9 to 12 of actual content of Legacy <laughs> of the Force Book 7 Fury. I bet you it's Kohler Hulia. Ooh, I bet you it is. It's, his name's the hardest to say. It's a she. But that's all for this week. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Remember your special words. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.